Life Remixed. Hello there and welcome. This is Bob Proctor. And I want to congratulate you, Mark Wilkinson. You know, what you have done is absolutely incredible. And then you've taken and laid it out in an easy-to-understand way for anyone to come back and really make things happen. I want people from all over the world to get this book and read it. Life Remixed. My goodness, what a great title and what a great idea. Right, good evening, amazing people. It's uh, Mark Wilkinson here, live from London. It's 7.30pm on a Wednesday, and as ever, as usual, we do straight talking. However, uh, today is a very, very special day, uh, not least because obviously we re uh, re released Life Remix yesterday, uh, but I've got by far my biggest guest uh, to join me on straight talking uh, that I've had for, uh, for for the whole of these few months we've been doing these. Uh, of course, Hasmark Publishing have been uh, absolutely instrumental in this and, and bringing Marcy Shymoff to us. Uh, it's beautiful to have her here. If you've got questions or anything you'd like to ask Marcy, uh, we're going to be here for 30 minutes, so you're going to have to get your questions in quickly if you've got anything that you want to ask us, okay? Uh, but I'm going to bring Marcy in, but before I do that, I'm just going to tell you this. She's the number one New York Times best-selling author, a uh, world-renowned renowned transform transformational teacher, and an expert in happiness, success, and unconditional love, which I'm going to ask her about. She also helped change my life in The Secret about 15 years ago when I watched it. Uh, she spoke how folks have got things the wrong way around, where they're always looking for happiness outside of themselves rather than working on inner happiness and then enjoying the pleasurable things outside of themselves. And that was a real light bulb moment for me. Um, so it was really, really cool uh, for, for Marcy to be in The Secret and to spread that message. And she hasn't let that stop her in it or, or, or slow her down in fact it's projected her even further she's sold more than 16 million copies worldwide of books in 33 languages it's incredible absolutely incredible if i can get anywhere near that i'd be uh, i'd be forever grateful and i'm sure marcy has got a huge grateful heart that she'll tell us about um and of course, um, she's been involved in Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul. She spent up to 121 weeks or a total of 121 weeks on the New York Times bestselling uh, list. And basically, she's one of the best-selling uh, non-fiction female authors of all time. If that isn't a huge build-up, I don't know what is. So let's bring Marcy in. Here we go. Here she is. Hello, Marcy. Hello, Mark. It's so great to get to be here with you. And first of all, congratulations to you for your new book, Life Remixed. It's fabulous. I know what a huge feat it is to put a book out there. So I, we are all giving you a standing ovation for that. Standing ovation. <laughs> Thank you. Bless you so much. That's so nice of you, Marcy, uh, to come from someone such as yourself as well. That's, uh, that's a beautiful thing for, for me to hear. And it's been a long journey. Uh, you know, 15 years ago, I couldn't walk and I was struggling and I was in a bad way. And thankfully now I've used a lot of your teachings from The Secret to help myself grow and, and to move into someone who could actually publish a book. So, but, uh, you know, look, we're here to talk about you, right? So we've got, I've got happy for no reason here. Absolutely wonderful book. Uh, there it is. Seven steps for being happy from the inside out. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Uh, I've read much of it and I love a lot of your descriptions just resonate with me hugely. So, uh, so I absolutely love that. And we're going to talk about that in a bit more detail, but you know, I was a DJ. I still am a bit of a DJ on the, on the quiet. Um, as far as music goes, Marcy, what sort of music moves your soul? Well, I am a, a big Beatles person. So I, uh, you know, I'd say uh, one time I had a birthday party and you'd appreciate this. And people were to bring to the birthday party, not a gift, but they were to bring 
the song that most reminded them of me. And, and then I was, and then I had friends there that played the song and I was to guess who brought which song. It was really fun. And, um, uh, a number of people brought me the song, let it be, because really, um, let it be is, is kind of needs to be my motto. I, I tend to be a go getter and that's great, but I also need to be a let it be as well. And so, um, I also love chanting music. I do a lot of, um, sort of Indian chanting and David Pramal and, and, and Mitt Tanner are great for that, but I'm, I love music and I've just started taking piano. So. Oh, wow. Amazing. It's on my to-do list, actually. My I, my mum said to me when I gave up piano when I was about 11 because it wasn't cool, my mum said to me, you're going to regret that. And she was so right. <laughs> I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to learn the piano. So I can't wait to hear your progress. That would be amazing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you could come and play on a track for me when I produce a song. I'd love to. I, oh, I'm, wow. I'm a few, I'm, I'm probably a few years away from, from that or from Carnegie Hall, but I'm on my way. <laughs> We've got time, Marcy. We've got time. Yeah, that's right. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles are incredible. Those uh, those documentaries that are around at the moment, like Eight Days yes. Ago, uh, phenomenal, you know, and uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. as a matter of fact, you know, I, I this is a, perhaps you know, I'm sure you know a lot about music, but um, for many people, they didn't know that the Beatles were actually the people that brought meditation into mainstream and and they were with um they did transcendental meditation and i actually became a teacher of transcendental meditation when i was 19 years old and uh and been meditating since i was 16 i didn't know that the beatles i i didn't i didn't know that connection until later on so sure i mean i think i think music is the sound of emotion you know, it's actually the sound of something coming out of people that they want to share, right? So uh, yes, I mean, yes. it's the, the Beatles song Help was actually written by John Lennon when he was actually like, help, we're getting overwhelmed, it's too much, you know, and he wrote that song. Yes. And when you listen to it now, you go, oh. <sighs> it's so great to know the background and history of songs, isn't it? It's really it fun. It is. I love that. Yeah, I love, I love Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody, all these music biopics that have been I made. love those too. I, I'm with you. Incredible. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a girl of the sixties and seventies. So that's my music. Yeah. 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 Well, my mum was listening to that and I was born in 1970. So I went through the seventies and eighties, uh, but that was important music. Every time I heard Elvis and the Beatles on my mum's stereo, I was like, I'm in, you know, I mean, yeah. amazing. Well, I, I have to also add, I am, I am a California girl. I really I was born and raised in California. So the beach boys, I got to say, they were also on my list. I've uh, I've been to California a few times and it is absolutely yeah. paradise. Beautiful place. Beautiful it is. Place. So thank you for joining us. I know it's lunchtime there. So um, I really do appreciate that. So let's talk about Happy for No Reason um, because it's a wonderful title for a book um, and seven steps to being happy from the inside out. I think, do you feel that people miss that a lot? Do you feel that people kind of miss that um, opportunity to be happy from the inside out? Oh, yeah. We, as a, you know, our whole culture, you know, we have – we have an epidemic of unhappiness. We have one out of four women is on antidepressants. We actually have more, you know, modern culture. We have more than we've ever had. We live like the kings and queens of the past and we're unhappier than ever. It's not the outer things that are going to make us happy. I mean, all you have to do is look at Hollywood to know that if success and money and fame and beauty were the keys to happiness, we'd have a whole lot more happy people in Hollywood. It's not the case. And in the music industry as well, you know, it's not the case. So we definitely have it backwards. We think that happiness, 
that success is going to make us happy. And it's the other way around. It's actually happiness that will bring us more success. So research has shown that happier people on average make more than a million dollars more than, 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 than everybody else. That's amazing. I mean, I, I think I've proved, I've proved that from my own personal experience and written it in Life Remix that actually I chased success for many, many years. Yes. Um, you know, chase, 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 record in the top 10, aren't I great, Ministry of Sound, Resident DJ, all this stuff. But it didn't bring me the inner happiness that I was really looking for. And it took a tremendous crash in my personal life for me, not my personal and professional life, for me to actually then look, dig deeper. And then that was when you, came into, when you came into my life and I watched The Secret. I mean, just quickly, I mean, how did that come about? Obviously, you and Bob Proctor were the two people that really resonated yeah. with you. There were so many teachers in there. How did that come about? Well, uh, I, I was very, it was very one of those things. I was, um, I'm a part of something, a group called the Transformational Leadership Council that Jack Canfield formed. And we were at a Transformational Leadership Council meeting and this woman, Rhonda Byrne, who nobody, none of us really knew, she came and she interviewed us. We had no idea it was going to become anything. And, you know, a year later, there we were in the secret. And, but, you know, Mark, I, I actually, if I can, I'd love to go back to, you know, you mentioning your story of chasing happiness, mm. uh, chasing success to be happy. Yeah. Can I just share a little bit of my own story? Because I think that, that, you know, people expect, okay, I wrote a book on happiness and I smile a lot and, you know, and was I always happy? Yeah. And the answer is absolutely not. Wow. I was born depressed. I came out of the womb with existential angst. And I had a great family. I had a great childhood. I, you know, I should have been happy, but I kind of had this dark cloud around me. I felt like I was an empath. You know, I was felt like I picked up a lot of the energy of people around me. And so, Mark, when I was in my 20s, I was depressed throughout my childhood. When I was in my 20s, I thought, I'm going to get happy. And so I set five goals for myself and I figured once I reached those five goals, then I'd be happy. Mm. And I'm going to share with you the five goals because most people can relate to these. I wanted to have a successful career helping people. I wanted to have a, a wonderful husband or life partner, fabulous friends, a comfortable home, and the equivalent of Halle Berry's body. Now, I got four out of the five. I do not have Halle Berry's body, but I have a healthy body for which I'm very grateful. Absolutely. And I'll tell you that I had a turning point moment. I worked so hard to get all my ducks in a row to be happy. And in 1998, I had three books in the top five on the New York Times bestseller list at the same time. Um, I was, all the other things were humming along in my life. And I had just finished giving a speech to 8,000 people and I had autographed 5,432 books. And my client had hired a, a massage therapist to massage my hand so I could keep on signing. And I felt like an author rock star, but I will tell you after signing that very last book, I went up to my hotel room which was the penthouse suite that my client had gotten for me. And I walked over to these huge windows overlooking Lake Michigan. I was in Chicago and looking at this beautiful lake. I took it all in. I took a deep breath and I turned around and I fell onto the bed and yeah. I burst into tears and I burst into tears because I realized, okay, I got what I thought I needed to be happy. And I still feel that emptiness in my heart. And that's when I committed to doing everything I could to find out how could I really be happy and that's when i found the answers that i now share in, in my books yeah and it's, it's a it's a wonderful read i mean <clears throat> i understand what you're saying because i for me i studied a lot of philosophy and philosophy mm. teaches that happiness is within and it's our natural state uh, mm. but i had to go through these rock bottom moments to actually reach out for something because i thought i knew it all when i was a dj right? yeah. so um 
I reached out for this information, this wisdom that's been passed down the ages. And I've been studying a lot with um, uh, Bob Proctor likened me to Ogmandino this week. So, oh, uh, great. Which is amazing. And I've, uh, I've been studying a lot of Ogmandino's work as well, you know, and, and that whole thing, all the messages are the same and they've been passed down through millions, well, thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years possibly. But the point is, is that we, we lose sight of them in the modern world, don't we? You know, we get caught up. We do. I mean, there's really two kind of paradigms to live in. There's the paradigm of fear and struggle and lack and limitation that most of life is in. And then there's the paradigm of possibility, of positivity, of love, of openness. And, you know, it's, it's to me, what I've seen is that it really is a matter of which choices you're going to make. Now, that's not to say it's easy to make the right choices, but that I deeply believe that those choices that are aligned with what is more life-supporting, life-giving, more are actually more true. They are more in aligned, aligned with the, with, uh, with natural law, with, uh, what is. Yes, absolutely. I think there are certain universal laws that if we get in tune with them, if we master That's these right. universal laws, then we're actually going to find that happiness that, that we so crave. What I, what I find, I've shared them in life remix, but what I find is there's so many people that are even in, like, you know, unaware, they're unaware of universal laws, let alone, you know, that's where I think the secret came in because it opened up that whole thing about the law of attraction. But then of course there's the law of vibration from there. And there's so much more that you can study. And, and uh, I just found it amazing. I've got a lovely comment here from one of our, uh, our viewers, Dave says, wow, Marcy, you're just oozing sunshine, happiness and joy. <laughs> it's so infectious. Look at that. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate that. And, and I, you know, I want to say something about that because people ask me, what is it? What do you mean by happy for no reason? Does it mean that you're walking around 24-7 with a grin on your face and all this la-la-la, you know? It does not mean that you're in some Pollyanna state of denial. And, it, you know, what I mean by happy for no reason is that you have an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't depend on your circumstances. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to feel upset. You know, things things happen. You might get mad. You might get frustrated. Um, people die. You're going to feel grief. So you're going to have those emotions through life, but in the backdrop, you've got this state of peace and well-being that you carry with you where you know all is well, and ultimately all is well. And when you have that, then you're more resilient to bounce back from challenges. You know, you're more creative. You're more, you know, COVID happened. It happened. That's happening to all of us. But people who are are in a, a greater state of well-being, are able to handle the circumstances in a better way. You know, my personal experience is I had to lose everything uh, materially to be able to, like, spiritually find that place uh, and then be able to move forward with it in a good way. And, and now I teach other people, and I know you do the same, of course. And you don't have to lose everything to have it happen. Mark did, but he did it so that he could teach you these principles in Life Remixed so you don't have to lose everything in order to have it. So exactly. thank you, Mark, for doing that for our benefit. <laughs> thank you for losing everything so that we could all learn from it. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Um, you know, so so obviously you were talking about happiness, and I, I learned that resilience um, have you got sort of any additional tips and things? Of course, people can read the book and I want them to buy the book and read it. But have you got any additional tips? I do. I have some tips. And here's what I want to do. I found that the only difference between happy people and everybody else is that they have different habits. Mm. 
And I found 21 happiness habits that really we can use to raise our happiness level. They fell into seven categories. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through very briefly those seven categories. And I want you to, everybody who's listening, I want you to think to yourself, where am I the weakest? Because wherever you're the weakest, that's where you start. And it's different for different people. So, Mark, I'm going to ask you in a minute where where you're the weakest. Now, I know that it's hard for people to remember seven of anything. So I created an, a metaphor. I call it building your inner home for happiness. So it's easier to remember. A home has seven main components. It's got a foundation. It's got four corner pillars. It's got a roof. And it's got a garden. And here's how this relates to the seven main happiness habits. The foundation has to do with taking responsibility for your life. Mm -hmm. Are you a victim in life? And the way you know, you know you're a victim is if you're blaming, shaming, or complaining. Mm -hmm. Or are you a creator in life? You take responsibility for your life. So that's the first step is taking responsibility for your happiness in your life. Then there's the four corner pillars. The mind. Do your thoughts rob you of your happiness? Your body. Do you have the biochemistry of happiness? The pillar of the heart. Do you live with an open heart? Do you have kindness, forgiveness, generosity? The soul. Do you feel connected to the bigger, greater energy of life? I don't care what you call it, whether you call it nature, divine, God, doesn't matter. But do you feel connected to this larger force of life? And then there's the roof of your home for happiness. And the roof is your passion or purpose in life. Do you live an inspired life? Are you doing what you feel you're here on the planet to be doing? And then finally, there's the garden. And the garden has to do with who you're surrounded by. Do you surround yourself with toxic people, the weeds of your garden? Or do you surround yourself with the people who are cheering you on and are supportive, the roses and gardenias in life? So those are the seven areas. Taking responsibility for your life is the foundation, the pillar of mind, the pillar of the heart, the pillar of the body, the pillar of the soul. And the roof, being inspired in life. And then finally, the garden, who you surrounded yourself with. So, Mark, tell us, where are you the weakest? Because you're only as strong in your happiness as your weakest link. Well, it's an easy answer for me. Um, and I feel like I'm being coached by you right now. And I'm so grateful for it, honestly. Um, I would say definitely the body. Um, my body, uh, I've had, um, uh, you know, I had an incurable disease in my 30s where I collapsed, which is obviously chapter one of Life Remixed. Uh, even in my 40s, I'm now 50, but in my 40s, um, I got very stressed working in a corporate job and my knees were awful. I've got pictures of my knees full of fluid because I was so stressed in the body. But it was so stressed in the mind that it, impact, it came out in my body, of course, and you fully understand that connection, I know. And, and um, so for me, it's definitely the body. But what I found is, is that I am now at ease again in my life. I was at ease when I ran some marathons in the middle of all that turmoil that I was talking about there. Uh, but I'm also completely at ease now. We're married, you know, beautiful home, you know, properties, you know, we're all, everything's great and we continue to grow. The book's coming out. The more at ease I continue to be, the more my body recovers. And it will take another couple of years, I think, of cycling and getting my body, getting my knees moving and getting, you know, it's going to take time to recover that body to the uh, extent I would like it to be. I'm on the case, Marcy. But what? Yeah. Just, well, on. I so appreciate you're saying that because the body is also where my weak link is. And it has to do with I did not have the biochemistry of happiness. I didn't have enough serotonin and, you know, oxytocin, all the feel good chemicals. Mm -hmm. 
And so I believe in addressing it holistically. So I addressed my happiness from a biochemical way. Like I did certain things. I ate certain foods. I took certain supplements that helped with my biochemistry. Sleep is a key to serotonin production. When we sleep more, we are happier during the day. In fact, the quality of sleep that you got last night has a bigger bearing on your happiness level today than your marital status or your income level. So there are lots of practical things you can do. But also you mentioned, Mark, the mental state affects our body. It goes both ways. Our body affects our mind. Our mind affects our body. So I believe in addressing it from both sides. So let me give you a couple of techniques. Is that okay? I'm going to give you the simplest body technique for raising your serotonin that I can think of. Okay. Now, Mark, are you in, where are you in the UK? Uh, We're in London, Southwest London. You're in London. Okay. So this one's going to be a little trickier for you, but that's okay. I'm going to show you ways around it. It's a, it's a process I learned from a man named Gilles Marin. He's a uh, Qigong Chinitsong expert. And um, he said the fastest way to raise your serotonin level is through what's called a sunning meditation, sunning meditation. And all it is, is that a couple times a day for a couple of weeks, you go out in the sun. Now, I know if you don't, if you live in London and there's not a lot of sun, there's another solution. I'm going to give you another way to do it. But for those of you who can do this, and you can do this even from inside through a window, but it's better to go outside. And even if it's cloudy, but you can see where the sun's rays are, it still works. So what you want to do is you want to face the sun and you want to close your eyes. Really important. Close your eyes. And through your closed eyes, you let the sun's rays come in to your closed eyes and imagine that they are feeding your inside, behind your third eye is the pineal gland. And imagine that the sun's rays are stimulating and feeding your pineal gland. And that will help produce more serotonin. You do this for about two or three minutes. And you can also imagine this, the, the warmth, the rays of the sun coming in and feeding your whole body, but especially in the center of your head, pineal gland. And if you do this a couple of times a day for a week or so, you will reset your serotonin. Now, if you happen to live somewhere like Mark, where you're not going to find the sun for a week, um, for six look months. at nature. Huh? <laughs> for about six months, we don't see it. But keep for about six months. Money. Okay. I'm loving it. What you can do is you can look at something beautiful in nature and that will also help increase serotonin. You can look at a plant or some trees or whatever it is. And just in that case, if you're not looking at the sun, but you're just looking at nature, you do that with your eyes open. If you're doing the sun, you do it with your eyes closed. But if you're just looking at nature, you do it with eyes open. It helps stimulate the pineal gland and helps you be happier. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, one of Emma's and our goals, our long-term goals, is to be able to spend winters in warmer climes. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing. Possibly a little bit of Miami, possibly a bit of California, certainly Singapore and places like that over there as well. And uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, one of our, that's one of our freedom goals is obviously with the book and coaching and all the other stuff that we do, similar to yourself, is for us, you know, London's my home and I love London, but you make a very valid point that that six months, you know, that, that that winter, that six months of winter here is dark. It's 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 tough, and it's tough to raise the serotonin levels the way you say. You can also get a a, a light lamp. Yes, Emma's got one. Yes. Oh, very good. Okay, so that's a that's a little trick that you can use if you I'm don't. Gonna, have I'm, light. I'm but, getting one. Yeah. <laughs> good, but just look at nature. Make sure you look at nature as well. So now let's address it from the level of the mind, because mm. that's something everybody can do wherever you're living. 
Mm. And, you know, the average person has 60,000 thoughts a day, 60,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. And for the average person, 80% of those are negative. Mm. It's called the negativity bias. We inherited this from our cavemen ancestors who, who, you know, had to remember the negative or they'd die. We no longer need that tendency to the degree that we have it. And yet we, we have what we call what's called the Velcro Teflon syndrome. My, my friend Rick Hansen, I think, I, I'm not sure if he invented that phrase, but I love it. He wrote a book called Hardwiring Happiness. And in it, he says that our minds are like Velcro for the negative. They just stick to us, but they're like Teflon for the positive, the positive slide off of us. So if you were to get 10 compliments in a day and one criticism, what do you remember at the end of the day? The criticism for most people. So happy people have reversed this. They have Velcroed the positive. So they actually have new neural pathways in the brain that allow them to think more positively, more easily because they've done it as a habit. So I'm going to give you three steps to create more positive neural pathways in the brain. These are scientifically proven steps. Number one, you must be on the lookout for the good. Be on the lookout. You've got to, there's a lot of good out there. But most of us are spending a lot of our time focusing on what's not good out there. There's as much or more good as there is the negative. So I want you to imagine one of my, one of the people I interviewed for Happy for No Reason pretends that she's the Academy Awards Committee. And her job is to give out five Academy Awards a day. And so she's on the lookout for where she can give out an Academy Award. She, she might be taking a walk in a park and she sees a cute little dog and she goes, oh, that dog gets the cutest dog of the day award. So you must be on the lookout for at least five great things to appreciate. Step number two, you have to savor the good for at least 20 seconds. It takes a longer time for the good to actually register in the brain to create new neural pathways in the brain as it does for the negative to get deeper grooves in the brain. So we need to savor the good for at least 20 seconds for it to to really become a, a new habit, a new trait in, in, in ourselves. And so that means when you see something great, it's not enough to go, oh, that's a pretty sunset and then walk away. You got to let it in for 20 seconds. And then finally, the third step is to go for the three to one ratio. That means three positives to every one negative. So that means when something negative comes up, Now, certainly we want to deal with the negatives. I don't want you to push them under the rug. We have to deal with what's there, but then also be on the lookout for what is, what's, what's good that can, can perhaps counteract that. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely amazing to hear. And I know some, you know, it sounds, it sounds so easy and yet some people find it so difficult. I know. Here's why one of the reasons we find it so difficult. Number one is we take on too much. You might hear this interview and you think, oh, I'm doing it all wrong. And so you start beating yourself up for doing it wrong to begin with. Well, guess what? (laughs) That's not helping matters. Take baby steps. Find one thing to do that you can do starting today and just do it for a week. One habit that just takes you a couple of minutes a day and, and don't do too much, you know? So, and the other thing is we need support. We human beings are creatures of, we are social beings and we, we, we all emit chemicals around us that people pick up on all day long and we're picking up on everybody else's chemicals. This is why it's important to surround ourselves with positive people. 
They say that we catch the emotions of the people around us like we catch their cold. It's called emotional contagion. So find yourself a support system that can support you in doing these things. And I know, Mark, this is probably some of the what you also teach in your book. Tell tell us what the, what overlap what what some of the things that are overlapping in life remixed. Well, I mean, just just about all of it in, in many ways. I mean, you know, get yourself a coach is one of the things I say. You know, I've been coached yes. by some of the finest coaches on the on the planet. I think I need to come and see you some more time with you in, in California, to be honest, Marcy. But, um, you know, the the actual, you know, some of the finest coaches in the planet. And I know, I know you run your own programs. I'd love you to touch on those, obviously, before we finish. Um, but um, uh, getting coached and consistently coached and held to account and growing and, like, you know, being encouraged and being kind to yourself and then, you know, other people being kind to you. And it's that support network, you know, is so important. Um, and, and so many people miss it and they think they have to do it all themselves. And there's not one successful person on this planet that's done it all themselves. It's not, that's not possible. It's, it's, it's you know, about the group. I could not agree with you more. I mean, I have, um, I have fantastic mentors. I have coaches. I still do. Um, I have, I have support groups, mastermind groups. I've had, I've been in mastermind or support groups since 1987, um, I, I lead a program, as, as you mentioned, called Your Year of Miracles. We have 5,000 people from 87 countries, and everybody has a miracles group where, where, where other members, seven, eight other people in their group are intentioning for them, their miracle intentions, and truly miracles happen. So there are absolutely principles of life that help us live a better life, and that is what you're all about, Mark, in Life Remix, that's what I'm all about and happy for no reason. And, and, you know, this is what we need on the planet right now. Well, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're talking. I've got one last question for you, if I may, sure. because I get asked this quite a lot in coaching. And certainly my, my mum uh, thought this when she was younger and certainly I, it impacted my young life. Um, is it selfish, you think, to focus on your own happiness? I love that question. So many people think, you know, what about the rest of the world? You know, we, we've got a world to fix. Isn't it? I shouldn't be focusing on me and my life. I got to take care of the world. And the answer is what well, I believe that one of the best and least best things you can do and least selfish things you can do for the world is raise your own happiness level because it's been shown that the happier you are, it influences all the people around you. And ripple effect, it's very, very true. Your happiness, according to the research, affects five people out. So that means your neighbors, cousins, school teachers, nephew is affected by your happiness. You know, there's a beautiful Chinese proverb that I love to share. It goes like this. It says, when there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in this world. And my prayer and my wish for all of us is that we know that light in our own souls and that we help spread that so that there is peace on this planet. That is just, I, mean, I feel like dropping, if I had a microphone handy, I'd drop it and say, well done. But that's absolutely beautiful, Marcy. Um, just before we go, just before we let, obviously let you go, and by the way, that's just been half an hour, pure joy um, and, and happiness. And please, people, make sure you go out and buy Happy for No Reason, of course. Um, it's a beautiful book. Um, but, you know, 2020, 2021, how's it been for you? You know, it's been challenging for all of us, of course. What's next for you and where can people find you? 
Well, I am actually right now just starting up in the next month or so a uh, training program to train people to be my happy for no reason trainers. People, you know, now that we're going online, people are leaving jobs. That they, it's like, it, in a way, it's interesting that people are finally saying, you know what, I've had it with that job. I'm not going to do that job anymore. I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm going to do what I want to do. And so many people would love to be able to spread and teach happiness. So I'm doing this training um, uh, to become a Happy for No Reason certified trainer. You can go to happyfornoreason.com and find out information there. Also on happyfornoreason.com, I've got a free um, uh, workbook that has all 21 of the habits and practices that you can do for each of those. So feel free to go there and look for that. And uh, I'm very excited. I think that we've got some great times ahead. Any new books coming up? I might be doing a book in the next while on a living in the miracle zone about living a miraculous life. Well, that's my wife asking you that. So oh, well, Emma, that. thank you. <laughs> she obviously wants more information as well. Uh, Marcy, listen, that's been a beautiful half an hour of our lives. Uh, I am so grateful. I want you to go out and enjoy all the sunshine you possibly can. Uh, I'll bring it in for you, Mark. And you just go enjoy that nature and, and do the Academy Awards. You're on the lookout for the good. I'm all over it. And the winter sun will be will be happening. Once we can all travel again, it will happen. Great. So, but uh, listen, big, big love from London, Marcy. Thank you so much. And uh, oh, we'll Thank you. you. Love to you and to everybody. Thank okay. you, Life Remixed. With Mark Wilkinson. Hi, it's Mark Wilkinson here, author of Life Remixed. Are you currently feeling stuck in your life with nowhere to go? Then it's definitely time to remix your life. The book is out now on Amazon across the world. It's been endorsed by Bob Proctor and Marcy Shimer from The Secret, as well as some wonderful, wonderful people. You can also log on to markwilkinsonofficial.com. Sign up, stay updated. We can help you take control of your life. Big, big love. Listen, baby, I don't mind what you do in your own time, as long as it feels alright. Life Remixed.